podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Camel Hello and welcome to episode 51, season 12 of the Fighting Cop Podcast, joined by John Bass, a man who can crush a small baby's skull with his thumb and index finger, and the only Danish man alive who's scared of bacon, Mark Nesbitt. <laughs> How can you be scared of bacon? What's I, wrong with you? I'm a vegetarian, I'm not scared of it. You, where, are you, where are you getting that from? You're scared of bacon. Um, Ow. You just are. Uh, it's the texture. Yeah, you just don't like it. Don't like it touching your skin. Um, so we're just about to start recording. Had a running order planned, and some of it was going. Why won't Daniel Levy take responsibility? Anyway, um, I better read this uh, statement that's come out. Um, sacking or sacking or removal. I don't know if you can sack a man who's dead already. But um, Stellini's been removed. It says uh, statement from Daniel Levy is uh, Sunday's before. Off phone. Sunday Sunday's performance against Newcastle was wholly unacceptable. It was devastating to see. We can look at many reasons as to why it happened. And whilst myself, the board, and the coaches and the players all take collective responsibility, ultimately the responsibility is mine. Christian will leave his role along with his coaching staff. Christian has stepped in at a difficult period in the season. I'd like to thank him for his professional manner in which he and his coaching staff are conducting themselves during such a challenging time. We wish him well and his staff well. Ryan Mason will take control of as head coach duties with immediate effects. Ryan knows the club, blah, blah, blah. I met uh, I met with a player committee. This is a capitalised player committee, which suggests that there is a group within the squad, not, you know, a, a group that is responsible for talking on behalf of all the rest. Uh, the squad is determined to pull together to ensure the strongest possible finish to the season. We are clear we need to deliver performances which earn your amazing support. Coys, Daniel, what's... John, what's your immediate reaction? You've literally just read it just before recording, right? Yeah. Um, th- there's a few things in it. My, my immediate reaction to Coys is, th- can you imagine Levy just going, I've got to sign it off. I want to try and finish it on a bit of an upbeat. No, I can't put, let's have it or let's go. So I'll just put I'll just put Coys. Shall I put Coys? Yeah, I'll put Coys. Um, just put Daniel. It- <laughs> Daniel. Remove Danny Coys. Boy. Danny Boy. Coys. Coys, yours respectfully, D money. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think, um, I think basically the the whole the whole statement is is actually kind of quite informal. We've not really seen anything like that when when they released it, saying a statement from Daniel. I thought was really interesting, not like a statement from the chairman, um, a statement from Daniel trying to make him more relatable. Maybe I thought it was a bit of an interesting choice, and then even the fact that it's kind of like short and to the point and very much like um like I said fairly informal and this idea of you know I've spoken to the players and we're going to have a you know a good go at it for the rest of the season to earn your amazing support I think there's like there's been some PR spin on this now I know that's pretty obvious because like anything that comes out from the club is always well, you'd like to think anyway through the lens of PR but but I think this one particularly feels like they're trying to humanize Daniel Levy more than they have done previously and the language is more emotional probably because you know we, as a fan base we've sort of been crying out for like we, we just want you to come out and talk and we want you to tell us how you're really feeling and what's going on um, nothing in there is particularly shocking right like we're getting rid of Stellini it's not really worked out and we're putting in Mason we haven't got a backroom uh, back staff for him yet we'll let you know 
So it's all pretty standard stuff, but I just thought the tone of it was really interesting because we've not really seen anything like that before. And I wonder if some of this feedback is now starting to seep through that we just want to see something a bit more human from him. Mark, you was quite surprised by mm. the tone of it, wasn't you? You thought that, that, that this perhaps yeah. might have bypassed the uh, the media team. Yeah, I, I think it's quite... Um, what what John just said, I think, it, I think it's definitely something that's come more or less directly from Daniel. I think it's, it's passed through one or two other people's hands before, but I think it's, it's originated from him. It doesn't, it doesn't read like something that's come through a head of comms uh, as, as a drafted thing that's then gone to Dan to to, to Levy, um, I nearly I nearly took his bait there and called him Daniel. That's what he wants us to do now, calling him Daniel, <laughs> as if he's a mate, which he's not. Um, so so I, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's that's um, that's that's an attempt to make him sound a bit more. You know, he he's he's this is an olive branch from him. He's definitely heard the Levy art chants, and I, I don't know if they've still done much social media trawling, but there's probably some of that as well. Um, there's a few things that stand out to me. One is that that Mason is being mentioned as the head, or he will take over head coach duties. There's no mention of him being interim, um, which is a little bit, that's probably a little bit concerning. No, um, no, what are, you, what are you saying? What? what how concerning? That's not concerning. Uh, We're still looking for a manager. I'm just... Uh, well, yeah, don't don't just barely. don't just fucking we, do you know it's not it's difficult enough being a Spurs fan at the moment. No, don't either. fucking just throw that shit in as well. I hadn't even thought of that. What they're, they're, they're basically uh, under the radar it, made Ryan Mason permanent coach of Tottenham Hotspur. Is that what you're saying? Trying. He's 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 sweet talking you as he's slipping free free non lube digits in. It's yeah. Like, well, I'm not having it's it. Fine. You I'm not having Daniel it. Daniel now because that in this one day and age is assault. I won't have it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think so. But I think, look, there's going to be a lot of cynics out there. And I think I'm, I'm, we're probably all on that page right now. But on, on a very, if you take your Spurs hat off, you've you got to say he's trying. He, he is trying to reach out a little bit. And he's taking, he's taking responsibility. And he says, I will. It's not, it's not, you know, oh, the board and I, you know, we will all sit down. And, and oh, he's saying, oh, I take full responsibility. Um, so, so there is a little bit of, of, you know, there's a glimmer of, that, of him taking, that taking was, ownership. That was my main issue, Mark, with, with the uh, interview he did with um, Cambridge University, which we talked about on the last podcast, which, which yep. it seemed like he was, that he wasn't taking responsibility, that the fans should be grateful of the situation the club's in. Whereas this statement is completely different. It's, it's him saying, well, it actually said that the line is, is that players must all take collective responsibility, which is true, but ultimately the responsibility is mine. And that, that, that is, that, that's the, the thing that, it doesn't give me hope. It just it at least gives me an, a semblance of, yeah. just, ex, just ex, it, it's, I, 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 I respect in this instance, although I absolutely think that Daniel Levy should step down as chairman. I, and and accept and look for a sale of the football club, but in this moment, this that's not possible, and it's going to take many, 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 many months if it even happens. Yeah. But for him right now to say, actually, I, I I accept that I am responsible. The buck stops with me. Mm. Is is is, is it, an acknowledgement on his behalf that he understands the gravity of the situation. That, like you said just now, that he is hearing the disgruntlement from the fans. Whether it's anything good big happens big. from that is, is I don't know, yeah. but it, at least it's something. But it's, it doesn't satisfy you're, anything really. You're right. No, you're right, and and it probably 
time will tell if it's if it's genuine you know because it's a pretty big i know the cambridge union thing was recorded a month plus ago and a lot of stuff has happened since and we haven't heard from him but you're right in that interview in that that long form interview or whatever it was um he did seem very much the same as we've always seen like you said aloof and a bit like we owed him something which you know again which 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 really seems like that's that's kind of that's the attitude he's had for so long which in in part explains the hiring of of Mourinho and Jocantes and both managers who thought they were way better better and bigger than us um if that's how if that's how Conte has has inadvertently not Conte Evie has inadvertently set them up you know if if the way he talks about the club and, and the fans as you know that's definitely reflected in, in in some of the way Conte and Mourinho ended up behaving um if he's now changed and you know has has found some humility and some gratitude towards towards fans um that's a step that's to be welcomed but it would be quite a quite a a, a, a large turnaround so i think we need to see a few more moves like that and a bit more a bit more kind of discussion would would be great and a few more sort of outreaches i don't expect him to 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 come to Beavertown and and chat to us but few more things that show that he's you know he understands it would would be great a few more statements like this um and showing a bit more of himself john what do you make of um, mason's appointment i mean it's, it's the easiest thing to do no work has to go into mm-hmm. making him the coach for the rest of the season it didn't say interim but it has to be right but what what yeah what impact do you think he'll have if any um so in terms of the like interim is he going to be coach duties? I think that was to sort of um, verbally spare our blushes of having two interims, right? Just like psychologically saying, and he'll be another interim to the end of the season. If you just don't say it and let him be the interim, it's sort of, it's a very like soft way to say we're having another interim without having to say it. Because it is, let's be honest, it's kind of Watford territory of we're going to have 500 interims for the end of the season. Um, so I think that, that, you know, if I'm being kind, maybe it's just a sort of a word manipulation just to keep that out. Fingers crossed. In terms of his, yeah, fingers crossed, right? In terms of his material impact, one, there's not a lot of time, right? We've got a game this week in a couple of days' time. So in terms of actually what he can do on the pitch, there's, there isn't that much time that he can really impact. Two, we actually still have the same injury and squad problems, right? We, you know, we, we tried to go to a back four because we needed to change something, but we don't really have that, the personnel um to be able to do that and we don't really have many options for playing sort of different systems really either so the only thing he's really able to impact and this is what i'm sort of vaguely holding on to is just a change in application and interest from the players and i said incorrectly when stellini was sort of put in interim charge that you know the big bad teacher's gone away the substitute teacher's been put in charge he's more of a laugh he lets you get away with a few more things so it's basically the same lesson but you have a bit more fun and so we should it should be okay and i could understand it in hindsight this was a really big error because essentially it is just conte mark two and the players let's be honest they weren't fighting each other and gripping each other up and you know flying into tackles or getting sent off because they were trying their hardest and it wasn't working they didn't give a shit and that is application and that is like desire and I'm hoping that they just were like, we're done with the whole Conte experiment, including Stellini. And Mason, I think, represents potentially just just something different and just a change. And hopefully it'll be enough to just get us to the end of the season. 
We had uh, a question from Echo. He says, we're about to appoint the assistant. This is before the news broke. We're about to appoint the assistant of the assistant manager who then became the assistant to the interim manager as the interim manager. So which assistant of the assistant of the assistant manager is going to be our interim manager next season? Um, do, you think, do you think that Ryan Mason might have been frustrated working under Conte and Stellini and thinking... I think I have an idea how, about how this might work better. You've always been in that situation where you've got a manager above you and you think, I think I know better than him. John, I'm sure you've been in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> you struck me, I mean, you struck I, me as a man who, who, who undermines authority on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I, th- I, think, I think when you get to a certain point in your chosen field, right, you, you're, in, you're in a position where you want to like go further and do more and add more. And you always... Well, you should, if you want to get somewhere, you should always feel like you can do the next job up, right? You can step up into that big role. And sometimes you get asked to do it for a couple of weeks while someone's away on holiday, or in like Mason's case, like an interim when Jose got the boot. And he did all right, right? Like right. He did, he did okay. Right, to be fair. He, did he did fine. He, he won, but it was he, sort he, of a... He won four in six. He lost two, won four. Yeah. So, it, you know, it was basically a continuation of kind of the same system and the application was better, which is kind of what I'm thinking might happen this time. So look, we'll never really know. Is is Ryan Mason the next big thing in football management? I can't see it, right? Based on his like general demeanour and what when he has taken over the, the the sort of team previously, he's more of a safe pair of hands who can sort of, you know, get the players playing with a bit more attitude and application. But in order to really see if he's going to ever be a top manager for us or anyone else. He actually needs to sort of leave the club and actually go and manage a completely fresh set of players. Yeah, cut his teeth if, if you're, yeah, if you if you're like, you know, I don't know, if Jan Vertonghen, let's say, went into the changing room, he's got relationships with those players, they respect him, they like him, they would play better for five to ten games. They just would because he's got a relationship, he's got a rapport, and they would rather play for him than a coaching staff they don't like. Pick any ex-player that's popular in that group; it would have the same effect as what Mason will have. So I just sort of feel like it kind of makes sense if we we haven't got a full-time appointment is he really gonna inspire anything other than just maybe pick up a few points from now until the end of the season no and so therefore it's just it's just a it's the only logical solution that we have left until we can appoint a full-time manager and maybe we should have just done this in the first place to be honest what what, why why is it completely illogical to bring harry redknapp back for six games What, what 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 harm could he do i i think that's only a net positive decision to bring him back because if it if if we can it, we absolutely won't continue to play as bad as we have been i'm not saying bad i mean as, as you know as, as defensive and pragmatic in in attack as we as we have just bring him in arm round arm round fucking harry kane arm round him in son say you're a good player mate you're a good do you know how good you are i think you've forgotten how good you are go out there and show them show the rest of the premier league how good you fucking are sometimes boiling football back and making it simple especially when this is such a complicated situation for Spurs where we players don't really know what they're doing we've had multiple managers now this season just having an old head to come in I know people won't like it I know they're fucking there may be other podcasts out there that the thought of Harry Redknapp coming back for six games is a backward step I think it would be a forward step just give us a moment's respite to look forward just let Harry Redknapp come in and do it like it's not I don't that's not a bad thing, I don't think. I don't, Mark, look, he's hating this. I can see it in his stupid fucking Nord, <laughs> Nordic face. Why is that a wrong thing to do? 
I'm squirming. Um, Why? Uh, Why? Well, Why? I don't know. Like on one hand, I'm like, do you know what? On one hand, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm hating it because I can just see him. I can see him coming in and saying to Dan, like, Levy, oh, I'll do it if if I can, you know, flex time, and he wants to do twenty hours so he can still do his Talksport gig on the side. That's fine. But, Whatever. And, but you know, on the other hand, like anything's better than <laughs> the assistant to the assistant to the yeah. assistant. I, I like. I, th- I think we need the, the problem. I think with with Mason, outside of all the inexperienced stuff, is he's is he really that different to because he was he was there. He is tainted with the Conte and Stellini thing right now. And do, do the players have enough trust in his ability, having seen him there, to to, to Still enough kind of motivation in them to change change yeah. things massively. Do, do, do you think he'll, he'll go no, to I, Harry, I just, Harry Kane and go like because they're mates? I mean they've they've played through many 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 levels, yeah. youth academy, you know the under twenty ones development squad. And they, they've grown up together. They're not dissimilar in age. They're, they're peers. He like he could he could be saying to Harry 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 Kane, what 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 do you think we should do? How do we make this better? And Harry Kane probably would take responsibility there. You know we know he's a leader. That maybe that 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 might be a key to making the rest of the situation a little bit more bearable is the fact that you involve the squad, whereas it, it was very much Conte's yeah. way. And if you don't like it, then you're you're done. And we've seen that with multiple players, Dan, Dan Juma and Jed Spence especially, but others as well. When he just trusted that basic fourteen players to play this system that they didn't want to play and didn't hadn't really worked. I mean, it worked. To get results, it, it, it sometimes worked to, um, you know, to reinforce an idea that the fans can get behind. But ultimately, it was a failure. So just Ryan Mason yeah. having, having Harry Kane on board, maybe is, that, is there anything in that? No. Okay. Oh. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hang on to point here, boys. I think I, let's let's. John, why don't you go? But like, let me actually let me let me just make this point. I think I think the problem with that is Kane isn't Kane isn't the problem. The problem is there's no togetherness in the squad, and there isn't there isn't a there isn't a plan. Like, and also they don't see a future in it. There's so there's nothing happening right now that they can sort of like gather around and use to spur them on and motivate them to go out and, and their heart and soul into it. They they can't really have a go at the other players because the other players can just go, well, pff, well there's no manager, there's no you know, there's no plan. What the fuck? Why why are you picking on me? Pick on that guy because we're all as bad as each other. Um I think Kane is Kane will do so much, but Kane's part of he's he's a player. He's not why should he why should he do it? He's not getting he's not gonna get paid more. What's his motivation to do it? Well just because um, it gives him something that he think, has he doesn't have already yet. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be a manager right now. He wants to be a player. He's. I think. I think it's. I think that you need someone. Look, and that's that's kind of the thing where all of a sudden your your red nap thing probably makes sense because someone else comes in who can carry that can has done it before, um, and you know it, it carries a lot more kind of respect around around his person. I mean, half the squad won't fucking know who Harry Redknapp is, but <laughs> but you know he's he will bring something in in terms of his charisma and his his experience and just what he'll say and you know he's. Yeah, I, th- I think something like that would be would be doable. I don't know if Harry Redknapp is, is the one, but you know, it almost doesn't matter. What else is though, there? Is that's that's the problem. At, at this stage, mm. it doesn't matter. I'm not saying like Harry Redknapp per- like permanently, but Harry Redknapp the end of the season. Not that this is not going to happen. So it doesn't it's matter. It's, all, games, yeah. it's also a moot point. It doesn't that doesn't matter. It's Mason's job now. 
to as a 31 year old man who is 10 years younger than me who's learned in the game obviously and and often you see players who get injured and have their career cut short that they have a different understanding than than players that are, are still active so he's had time to look at the game from a different position other than just a player but I oh, will see we are where we are it kind of it feels like I don't know how you feel John but it, it feels like the season it has been a write-off for the last couple of games certainly after the Bournemouth game if we'd have beaten Bournemouth it, it would it might have been all different but you know we are where we are yeah yeah like I said um last couple of times I've been on I kind of I've come to terms and sort of made peace with us just completely capitulating to the end of the season so that we'd get a reaction out of Levy and I think actually you've had one you know I've said that yeah we've had one right this statement as much as you know um you know I've said there maybe has been a whether it's come from him and he feels like I need to show a bit more of my kind of personal side or whether he's been advised to do that. Either way, we've got a reaction out of him. And this is why I think it's important that, like, and I know there was a, a lot of controversy around like the booing of Sanchez and I'm not advocating for booing players, but I am advocating for making home games fucking toxic and horrible and boo relentlessly and sing horrible songs about the board as much as you want because with every... 6-1 smashing that we take and every time there's a home game and it's horrible and Sky are covering it he can't ignore this problem he just cannot ignore that there has to be an issue and the worse it gets essentially the better it gets for us long term because the more of a fix there has to be done so in terms of like to the end of the season I'm looking at it two ways either we crash and burn drastically right fall down the league we fucking get spanked every week in which case i i personally will find solace in the fact that okay the worse it gets the bigger the change has to be and i think we all need a big change and levy has to recognize that if we want to see something interesting then i think the only resort that, that mason's got and he might as well do this because he's not going to get the job full time but he could he could do something quite interesting is he needs to make like actual drastic changes and i mean like we don't have a left back. We've got a fucking entire youth team full of left backs. There's got to be one who's half oh, yeah, decent. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't necessarily play him against Man United, but I'm saying in the like last few games of the season, right when we've got teams that that we should be able to compete with, can't you you can't tell me there's not a, a left back, a well, left back in our youth team that can play one game. I'm looking at our squad now and I'm thinking, well, Ben, ben, we've ben got, Davis like, is, is is he's going to be available for Man, Man United and Longley will be fine. Will be back. So th there may be options in that game where we can. Uh, no, I understand. Like looking, like looking at the development squad and finding solutions there, and, and why don't we do that? Certainly, certainly in the game against Newcastle, where Perisic was playing as left back, I'm not sure he's ever played left back ever in his in his, in his career. He might have done, but you're you, you're right in that in, in that in that aspect. But Ben Davies yeah. is going to be available for this game against against United. Fine, but like, I mean, let's um, let's hope he is right because I think we we need we do need him back. But there's on the bench there should be a left back replacement, and if that has to come from the youth team, it just has to come from the youth team. We keep being told there's no creativity in the midfield. If we play a three, they're all the same type of player. We've got Alfie Devine. I know he might be shit. He might not be good enough. But let's just find out. We already know the three we've got aren't going to do it. This kid's supposed to be so highly rated. He's absolutely ripping up trees. He's only really young still, and yet he's still really highly rated and, and thought of. He's a more of a creative midfielder than we have profile of. He's been training with the first team. He's not a million miles away. Maybe it's too early. But just find out. Just put I, him in. And I think you Mason is in a position where he played for the club. 
is a, an affection from the fans towards him. If he was to drop a few players in, I'm not talking about putting the whole team in, but you put in, let's say we go to a, like a 4-3-3, right? And you you put in a like a back four, you play Tanganga right back just to go super defensive, Romero and Dyer and Davis, right? Defensive back four. And then you play a holding midfielder of Skip. You play Saar and Devine slightly ahead in, in the midfield. People would be a bit more excited by that because it's more technically gifted players in the midfield. And then you play Dan Juma because we haven't seen him all fucking season despite being in Champions League team of the year previously. Kane and Son. People would be excited by that. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm on board with it. 4-3-3. Three, three. Let's, let's see how it goes. But instead, if you just go back to the same systems we've been seeing with the same personnel, even with better application, everyone's fucking bored of it, mate. And so I think he's got an opportunity to do something exciting or play it safe and just do nothing with it so I that's am, what I'm interested I am fascinated to see how we line up against Manchester United and you yeah. can hear us talk about this at length in the preview podcast if you become a patron patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock <laughs> lovely <laughs> let's talk more, more about uh, the Newcastle game because uh, we, we we were thumped um, it actually before we do that we had a question here from Zeus says looking back at the start of the season how much hope we had uh, is this season proof that we should all stop dreaming forever? He doesn't believe that. Mm. Zeus doesn't believe that. None of us believe that. We we know that we're a massive club full of potential and there's absolutely zero reason why a club of our size, comparing to if, if you compare us to the other five clubs of comparable size in Man United, Chelsea, City, you know, and Arsenal, they've all won loads of stuff in the last 20 years and we haven't won anything. So we... It stands to reason that eventually one day we will get there. So don't give up the ghost, right? It's fine. We will be okay, Zeus. So never stop dreaming. Because if you stop dreaming, then there's literally nothing. Then you're Aston Villa, who've who've put six games together and are now, in their eyes, world beaters. So it'll be fine. Um, uh, Newcastle thumping is what I've got here uh, Spurs are good at Spurs are good sent in a question that says what's the earliest you've ever left a game <laughs> I, I was thinking about when when, when we went 5-0 down at uh, what's it 23 minutes or 24 minutes I've never seen a game like that in my entire life by the way no, no, any any game at this uh, at the top level or the top tier of a, of a, um, a, a country's pyramid have I ever seen a team, not not even the size of Spurs, just in the top tier, just absolutely, absolutely their ass ripped out of their body, like we did? Um, and I was thinking about the poor the people. Who, who, Newcastle is so fucking far from London. It's so far, <laughs> and for them to go all the way there, and knowing that, and knowing actually knowing that the idea of us getting a result there was difficult, but going anyway because they're Spurs. And they belong to the club and they love the club. As frustrated as they must be, they love the club. The two, three thousand that went up there and then had to see that is unreal. And I think the only thing that would have stopped me from walking out is the fact that I'd gone all that way. That, that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, have, you, have you had any experiences where you've left the game early or considered leaving the game early? Yeah, I am... Um... Not- Oh, sorry, Mark. I was just going to say, actually, Flo, we were we were at the same game. It was the Bayern game in the new stadium where yeah. we, we met. We were really excited because it's obviously a massive game, Champions League. We hadn't been back, like, we, we hadn't been in the new stadium that long, so it was, like, really exciting. And we all met beforehand and we were, like, having drinks and talking about, oh, I reckon we could get a result here today. I reckon yeah. we're going to do we all right. Do something. Spurs could do something. 
yeah, it's going to be decent. And we're like, right, we'll meet back here after the game. So the goals are just <laughs> fucking flying in. And normally, normally I never leave. I will never leave. Like I, I'll always just like wait until the end. I'm always optimistic. You know, we'll be 2-0 down in the 85th minute. I'll be thinking, get one. You're, you're back in this, right? But I just, for whatever reason, I just fucking lost it. I think it's because it was Nabry just kept fucking scoring with every shot was just flying in. And I just lost the plot. And my mate, uh, who, who used to have a season ticket next to Nick, he always leaves early because he just can't handle the pressure and would always go and then we'd always score winners. Um, when I when I got up, he looked at me like, "Are you all right?" And I'm like, "Mate, I'm not all right. I've got to go before you for the first time in our entire lives." So I was I was basically home before the game had ended, and then got messages from from you and Ricky going, "Pussy, why don't you come to the pub?" <laughs> I was just so annoyed, I had to go home. I, that that I, I get that. It was also um, one of T's mates. I can't remember his name. I don't want to say the wrong person, but they uh, he left at half time at the. Real Madrid game was it or Inter Milan game where uh, he missed Gareth Bale's sort of um, you know he, what, what he did in San Siro uh, I've, I, I've never I've never left that early I've left before full time when we're getting beat If we, certainly the games that I've watched where Spurs played Arsenal and they're they're going to win it's clear that they're going to win and I'm like the, the, the thing that like forces me to leave the ground is I can't see them celebrate. I can't see those yeah. limbs in that corner. And I'm thinking about the old White Lane, you know, that enclosed corner where, where we used to put the, the, the away fans in the park lane. And just seeing their, just the absolute jubilation was too much for me. And I, I, I'd, I'd have to leave in those moments. But have you, have you anything spring to mind, Mark? Oh, I don't, I don't, um, no, I don't, I don't leave really leave early. I, th- I think it's a bit, I don't know. I, I, well, I think it's a bit, it's a bit weak, isn't it? Well, Take your medicine. John, you stay. John, what are you saying, John? Yeah. Is it weak? What have we got? I mean, the players game, and it's just this big man, and now he's like he's cat, he's you know whimpering, he could, a little cry as he walks down the stairs. He could blink. He could blink and kill four small men, and yet he can't. So four, four, four of you. So six four of you, Mark. Yeah, to be to be fair, normally I don't I don't leave for that exact reason because part of me just thinks even if like even if I have to get up to go to the toilet when we're losing, I don't want people to think that I'm leaving. So yeah, normally yeah, I, I, I maybe, want, maybe you're right. Don't give him a don't give him a fucking chance to banter. Do, do you just go? I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm just going for a poo. Is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm just going for a really long poo. I'll Shout out to everyone. See you next week. Love your shit. It's nothing to do with the game. I just think really need a big poo. Yeah, it's just completely unrelated. I've just got a big one brewing and I, I don't know how long. It could, could take the rest of this game. I don't know. I don't know. See you later. The point is shouting to all four stands. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love that. Love other fans were going, where, John, where are you going? Where, where are you going? What are you talking about? This Champions League. I've got, I've got, I need a really big poo. So just going up to the stewards going, mate, if anyone asks, I'm just going for a poo. All right. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> Um, so when when the team was announced against Newcastle and we were playing a 4-3-3 and a couple of people are quite excited the fact the change in formation which we kind of wanted for a long long time but we were talking about this on the preview Mark weren't we about the idea of having a uh, four at the back and us saying and I'm not saying that we know anything about football I'm I'm, I'm admitting I know nothing about football on this level I think you think you know a little bit more than I do but we agreed, didn't we? Oh. That 
A back four, given the fact that the players that are available would be suicide. Perisic, Porro. Porro isn't a defender. So Perisic, Porro. And then you've got Eric Dyer and Romero. Eric Dyer is half a defender. So you've got Romero. And, and you know, Romero is all right. He's had an all right season. But um, putting him in a back four with Eric Dyer was madness. And when I saw it, it was released. I My message in the whatsapp group was this is going to be a disaster i didn't think it would be as bad as it was but i thought it'd be a disaster and i and i stopped myself from sending the second message because i didn't want to be a defeatist but i said if we in my head i said if we concede less than three in this game it'd be a miracle and uh we saw what happened you just can't i just cannot fathom or understand why he would line this team up with a defense like that which wasn't even a defense it was not a defense like all of the players should have done better but asking Perisic to play left back is mental asking Porro to play right back is mental madness oh, look, maybe you could play Porro do you remember what um, uh, Jose Mourinho did where he would sometimes play a back four but you'd have one fullback as your, your attacking fullback and the other one would be Ben yeah. Davies like Emerson Rao on the right or wherever it, where it might be in that instance where you have a free when Porro goes forward if we had a player like Ben Davies available or Longley available and completely fit to start the game, then I could understand it. But it was just, it was just like a fucking hangry. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to sort this situation. So let me just do this and hope that it works. It was mad. It, it was a, it was a mess, and and it was a mess for several reasons. I think, I think for starters, you're you're totally right. Them the the people he had at his disposal were not they were not the right. To, to try a, a back four with like fucking very very far from it if you'd had Davies and, and, and Emerson available totally I think a totally different different scenario um, also quite worried that they haven't played four at the back since Conte took over so they've had they've had this three at the back drilled into them they've got total absolute Stockholm syndrome about three at the back and they, they, they've obviously been drilled in to believe that nothing but three at the back works for this team because they're all so shit and all that sort of stuff um, I don't think Stellini's coached him well enough in, in the in the run up to this you could tell because Romero was like fucking nowhere to be seen Dyer is you know do all himself and he's got two wingers as fullback so so it's a combination of, of not the right players available or or at, at best inadequate coaching um, and then some some players that, that didn't want probably didn't want that I don't know if they wanted that to happen if they I think they themselves could see well fucking hell if we if you know or at the back we've got we've got two wing backs here we're not we're trying to we're trying to to ram a square into a round hole like it's 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 an odd one to try and to to go balls out against newcastle you know we we wanted a you got to give him credit in the sense that he probably thought he was being bold and brave and i think he wanted the players to think oh we can go out and play some attacking football but it looked from kickoff that they didn't have any any belief in the system that they that, that, that they were being told to play under so it was just it was just a fucking calamity all round. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, the defense defensively was incredibly naive, and, and from from everyone, from the players and from the coaching coaching setup. Um, yeah. We, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, like on the on the, I, I agree with what Mark's saying in um, in principle. 
I do think though that like as professionals who've played like in a four their whole life, basically most players will have played in a four for the majority of their careers, and to switch between the two shouldn't be rocket science. I, I do totally agree though that if you haven't played it for basically two seasons, it's quite a long time. But the basic fundamentals of football and a back four don't really change. If you're a right wing back, if you're a centre forward and you're asked to play right back, you don't just go, oh, I'll just run up front because that's I'm a centre forward. You should know how to play defensively in a back four. And so I do think there is a certain element of they just didn't give a fuck. They just didn't fancy it. They, didn't, they don't fancy Stellini. They weren't prepared to listen to him. Yeah, but they, they, and that's they, what I'm this, saying. If, if they, they were At this level, John, like, changing position is a massive thing. It, I, I mean, mean, look, I, I assume it to be. I, I, that's, yeah, that's of my course. Thing. Like, it, it, there is obviously an impact. My point is, though, is that this this isn't Poro and even Perisic looking around. Going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Like, I'm out of position. They just. It wasn't like they were sitting in a flat back four, like deep, and someone holding the line. They were all over the place, and that to me isn't because they can't play in the position. It's because they haven't. They're basically not bothered about trying to make it work, and if they really, if they really wanted to do, that, I agree, right? Per- Perisic particularly is not suited to play left back. I think Poro would be completely fine in about four if he was coached correctly. Is my personal opinion because he, yeah, if, if Pochettino a right, a right wing back is, if Pochettino had right, yeah, hundred percent, a lot, a lot of managers, right? Let's be honest. What is a right wing back? It's a, it's essentially a right back who's pretty good at attacking because he's not good enough to play as one of the front three, is he? So this the position of a right wing back is basically a, a, a right back who can attack quite well. That's it. Yeah, so well, he should be able to defend. He should be able to. Defending is fucking easier than attacking. Yeah, but yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's, yeah, but he's it's not, gone, it's it, not creative. It, it, it's destructive. He it, should be able to just fucking kick the ball off people if he held his position correctly. And that comes from the manager and the player being prepared to listen to the manager. He's, they didn't fucking listen because they were all over the place. Yeah, but, but, or they were instructed to be all over the place. Poro's formative stages in his career were... Manchester City and Lisbon, two of the biggest teams in in their respective leagues, so they don't have to deal with the defensive onslaught or attacking onslaught that that Poro has had to under uh, you know Conte and um, and Stellini because of the way we play. So he's used to doing something that suits him. He's been playing in the Lisbon system, where they are one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest in in Portugal, and to just throw him into what we have now. Is probably a bit, you know, difficult for him to, you know, and, and it takes it takes players from different leagues time to settle. I know he's played in England. I know he's played for Man City. He never sort of made it to the first team. I think he may have played a couple of games, but it, I, I don't think it's as simple as that, John. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe. Look, I'm not. This isn't me having a go at him. Like I agree. I don't. In an ideal world, right? He wouldn't. If you're going to play a, a back four, especially in these circumstances, right? If you had a whole summer to coach him, I, I think he's perfectly capable of playing there. If I'm honest, but given you're right, given the fact that he's just come into the club and it's not his preferred position, let's say, that's why I think personally, like if you if we're going to play a back four, we should just play basically, even if it's just centre backs. Like Dyer played right back when he first came to the club. Right, I'm not saying Dyer's played right back now, but like someone like Tanganga, for example, when he came into the team, played against Liverpool, played basically as, as a right back so that Jose could play, I think it was Reggie, like higher up the pitch in this wonky yeah. back four that you suggested. To me, at the minute, until you can get a proper like coach working with them for a summer, if we want to persist with a back four, we should just play basically defensive-minded players. So it should be like 
Tanganga, Romero, Dyer, and Davies as a back four. And don't ask them to go forward. Just say, stay in a back line. Just stay as one line and don't and move up and down together. Don't have the fullbacks bombing up and down. Because that, that's where we were getting caught out because Perisic and Poro were still getting up and down. But the problem is, is that they're not... We haven't got a good enough shape and our midfield doesn't know what to do when they go up because it hasn't been coached because we've been playing three at the back for such a long time that we weren't prepared to do that. So all I'm saying is... I don't think we should just go. Oh, we can never play a back four ever, because we've got we've got wing backs. It's like they they, they are capable of playing the back four. They just need to be coached. So I don't think we should all like throw our toys out the pram and go. Oh, these players. We now need to get a whole new set of players. We don't look at clubs who have a back four who have defensive right backs. They're all looking for attacking right backs, not because they're going to change system, just because they need a bit more from their right backs. Like Man United, for example, they got Wan Bissaka. He's a great defensive right back. They don't like him because he doesn't he doesn't attack enough. I like. We've him. got one who can attack. I, I like, like him as well. Wan Bissaka. I think he's a, he's an old think, school right back. I think he's quality and also he has a size to um, you know. To, he's good. Just he is good. He is good. Mm. Um, can can we have a little shout out for Davinson Sanchez because it's been a terrible week for him, and for him to be thrown in as a way to stop the tide uh, from the Newcastle attack. For him to come in and do a a good job is it a good is that too much, Mark? Like, like should we, should we no, give I, him some props? I know I know we never want to see Davinson Sanchez as in our defence ever again. again yeah, 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 yeah. But but in this instance, given the fact that what what he, what happened to him, I thought you showed some minerals. He was, I mean, he was the best defender on the day. He was probably the best outside of Ain. Yeah. I thought Foster did okay as well. Like, doesn't <laughs> it was it's a low bar. Let's be honest. Um, plus, I think what helped him as well is we changed the system when he came on. So he he was both brought on to shore things up a little bit, but also we changed we changed system and 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 Dyer and Romero were told to fucking stay back. Um, you're right. I mean, look, I I think I think especially when you take into context his his last game, like you said, where he was he was literally booed as he came on to the pitch. Um, for him to have the mental capacity to, to kind of go out there again and and let's be honest, put in a shift and and uh, you know and not be not be afraid to go into tackles and 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 took a few risks as well. So I thought that was um that was that was that was literally everything we could ask for. Um, I, I don't. You know, he's also part of be part of the big clear out. Um, oh yeah, this, this this summer. I I, th- I think I think with. I think John is is right in in most of what he just said, but I do think there needs not to all be of it a, though, John. <laughs> no, I think I think I think there needs to be a massive clear out. Like we have have a we have a, a starting fence, which is all four apart. Actually, maybe Poro doesn't. Who were who are just not good enough and 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 aren't. Oh, okay, Romero maybe, but we've what, got players like fucking Dyer we've what, got what, Tanganga Mark what, what players in, 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 in the second know, string yeah in amongst our, our first first team what what, what players would you, you you'd be looking to get rid of you know amongst the starting 11 now yeah starting uh, 11 or, well, or we need, we need, the, the first 16 and benches well in, in defence we you know I think we need to start with defence I think defence is our biggest problem I really only want to keep Romero and, and Oro around we, we can't the problem is you don't have we can't wave a magic wand and get and get four uh first team ready defensive players in, in in the summer we just can't i think we're going to get a, a first team center back and we're going to get a, a 
good, you know, a good bench option as well. The, the bigger problem is we need to shift all these players out before we can get anyone in. Not, not just because of cash, but because of simply just space in the squad. And wages. You know, the first 25. Wages too, but I, again, our wage bill isn't that massive and, and it's, it's, just, it's just squad space because you can't, yeah, to, to a degree wages, you can't, have, you can't have players sitting not even being in the 25-man squad um, and we've got eight players coming back from loan. It's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, I, that, I, that, that squad, it, it, in the, these are players that we all consider to be, you know, players that could move us in the right direction. We've got Reguion, who, if we actually play a back four as a left back, wouldn't be a bad option to have, given the fact we've got no one there. It'll be Reguion. Um, you've got Ndombele, Le Celso, uh, who, who are coming back. Um, Jed Spence is coming back. You've got, well, Winks, Roden as well, but or, you know, m maybe if we sell those players, that's we might get 80, 80 to ninety million for a lot of them. If anyone in their right mind would want to buy them, or maybe the right manager could come in and make use of these players and actually move out other players and think, actually, I need a system. I've got an idea. This is why I think that like, maybe Nagelsmann coming in might be a beneficial thing, and that's. That's not a, that's a mad thing to say that, that we might be looking at Nagelsmann going, you know, no, maybe not. <laughs> In this situation <laughs> where Ryan Mason is our manager, uh, Nagelsmann will have ideas and maybe play, these players that we signed for decent money coming back might provide options. I don't think Ndombele is ever going to do that. I, I had a dream last night that he came back to Spurs and we were in a, a a really tight game. I can't remember who we were playing. I don't I don't think it was in my dream who we were playing. And Dombele, the ball dropped to him and he, he curled a shot into the top corner and Spurs fans went mental and Dombele was back. The idea of, of these players coming back and, and, and um, a new manager making making them become greater than they are. This is why I keep going back to Pochettino because I think he could do this. He saw at Southampton, he developed players that weren't as good as they were before he, he had his hands on them. And, and having that at Spurs... Next season, Reguilon, I think, under Redna, um, sorry, under Pochettino would be good. Jed Spence, Poro, suit him. Oh man, I don't know. I'm looking at Imagine, basically. Imagine, oh, yeah, I was just saying, I'm looking at our squad, and I'm basically thinking like players that we ha like have to go. Like the time is is up, and we can move them on. Lloris, Sessegnon, Sanchez, Tangi, Lacelso. Winks, Roden, right? I think all of those have to go. Then I've put asterisks against players where I'm like, I'd like them to go, but realistically, like the massive churn of the squad would be a bit much and maybe they can still do a job as the second choice. So players like Dyer, for example, right? Like, I don't think anyone wants him to start anymore. But if you had basically like Romero and A, another centre-back, and your backup to those two was Dyer and Davies, for yeah, example. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. That's not the worst thing in the world, exactly. And then, you know, like other players, for example, like Reggie coming back. If we've got a good offer for him, take it. But if not, we've got um, Destiny Adogi coming in. So Destiny Adogi and Poro as your sort of attacking fullbacks. Then we've got Spence and, and Reggie, who they're good going forward. But, you know, maybe you can get a tune out of those guys. And I think you could do this over the whole squad where you basically have to go through and go, who who out of this current squad can become basically the bench option? Because they're starting at the moment and we know they're not good enough, but you can't you literally you can't sell twenty five players. Like we can't do that. Like that will as much as we'd like to, and you could, you know, like flip a coin for which ones you want to go. 
I think we could probably come to a consensus of like there's a core of 11 players that could stay in the squad but they have to be squad players like we have to be looking to get starters to come in and play instead of them otherwise we are going to be treading water um, so that that to me is like what needs to be done over this summer and we need to just take whatever we can get for these players and move them on because otherwise we're going to be stuck exactly like we have been for ages where we have it's not so much about the wage bill but it's just the space in the squad and then it's harder to kind of like find you know other options and players that you want to bring in because we, we're just clogged up with players um, and we do need to change the profile a little bit as well right we've got a lot of kind of stodgy cloggers in midfield we don't have a lot of pace um in the squad so we do we do need to kind of change like the profile to make them more technical and more pace like players if we're going to play uh, in a more front foot way so yeah there's a lot there's so much work that needs to be done but I, I don't again I don't think it's like 25 players need to be sold and like a brand new squad brought in indeed uh, this is a good time to say that uh, the fighting cock is proudly backed by NordVPN <laughs> I know it's bad being a Spurs fan at the moment but you might want to save yourself some money you can use NordVPN mm. <laughs> to uh, save yourself money on any kind of subscription service you use online. In the UK, we pay a huge amount of money for these relative um, subscription services, Netflix, YouTube Premium, even Spotify. You can go, you can use NordVPN to select a server in another country and pay much less than you pay in the UK. It will save you money. So NordVPN offers all kinds of a security. Um, if you're being naughty on the internet, it will give you this... <laughs> The security actually you can be yourself on the internet you can do all kinds of mental stuff on the internet don't be like you know fucking racist or misogynistic or anything like that but you can be yourself on the internet using nordvpn it will protect you uh, it'll protect people from infiltrating your computer stopping you from oh, stopping them from um tracking your uh key login uh, so passwords all that sort of stuff um so why not subscribe to nordvpn uh you can watch porn stuff you haven't seen before it, it always honestly sometimes I get bored with all the porn I've seen and I log into Botswana and see what's going on down there it's not great actually don't do that Botswana <laughs> you, the Botswana porn is porn as you think, as good as you think. <laughs> yeah it's a shame it is a shame, a shame. Uh, but yeah you can uh, NordVPN <laughs> NordVPN.com forward slash the fighting cock uh, sign up for a 30-day money-back guarantee price of a cup of coffee. And if you use it correctly, and bear in mind, everybody's getting NordVPN. You've heard NordVPN on every podcast you listen to, right? You've heard it. You've seen it everywhere. It's been advertised in football. You see it everywhere because VPNs are really important and they will, they will, they will protect the way you behave on the internet and uh, sort you out. So um, why not subscribe to NordVPN? dot com forward slash the fighting cock and uh, we'll get some kickback why not that um emerson morale uh, his agent slash brother has suggested that uh, they might be looking for a move for emerson morale uh, a, a team that might win trophies uh, real madrid was mentioned is, is he trolling like is, is the agent just sort of playing a game here john is, is he is he trolling because we all love emerson morale but he's he's not a I mean, he's he's found his level. I mean, he's slightly beneath his level. He's not even. He shouldn't even sort of be guaranteed to start at Spurs. What do you make of that? Well, yeah. I mean, look, if you're someone's agent, you got to gas them up, right? You got to sort of put it out there, and it is a bit like, um, you know, 
perception becomes the reality if you keep sort of saying yeah we you know one day he's going to be i mean look he was at barcelona so he obviously feels that he could be at that level again um and compete in spain with the top how, how do you how do you feel john that he sees tottenham Hotspur as a stepping stone in his career <laughs> well it's kind of like it's a bit rich considering the geezer no look past the ball off the byline <laughs> So it's like, mm, maybe just take a look at yourself first before you start um, giving it beans about Real Madrid. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's all this. I, I think I also saw quotes from him saying, like, that I'm happy here and it's a great club and I want to sort of commit to, you know, the club and do my best here. Fundamentally, if he's doing so well that Real Madrid want to buy him, then that's fine. As long as we make plenty of money out of him, he's not. He's got no inherent loyalty to us, right? It's not. There's always a bit of a difference when it's players who come through your academy or say that they're a fan. You kind of expect a bit more. A, a lad from Brazil who's come from Barcelona gets an opportunity to go to Real Madrid. I'm not going to begrudge him that. Like it's it's one of those things. And it, like I said, if he's playing that well and we get that much money for him, then good luck to him. I don't see it happening just no. quite yet. If I'm honest, like. it, it'd be it'd be as mad as Barcelona buying. Paulinho. Yeah. Or when Real Madrid signed Gravison. Do you remember that? Yeah. What, was that, what the fuck was that? Hey, <laughs> went on and did very well at Madrid, actually. I'll have you know. Did, 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 in Denmark, what was the reaction when Gravison signed uh, for Real Madrid? Do you oh. remember it? Yeah, you're like was, as, uh, as pretty, an entire, pretty much as an entire nation. Denmark was like, "Yes, we've made it. People are signed well, finally yeah. <laughs> since the fucking we Viking." The Viking That's Empire. It. Suddenly, people are trying to fucking. Do you know what? What else is prophetic about the Viking Empire? Is it wasn't just Denmark. Yeah, Denmark is just a little, little sort of subsidiary of Sweden. But yeah. oh no! Now, now you just what? I mean, that's blasphemous. That's I could like legitimately. That's do good. You know the the you're right in something. Which I don't say often to, but um, the. It wasn't like national, there wasn't really like Denmark or Sweden to that degree back then. It was just kind of all just kingdoms and a and bit of an amorphous blob. No identity. But um, I mean, Denmark did own Sweden for most of it. So okay. Danish kings. What about what about Gravison? What about Gravison? What about Gravison? He, he's a, he was a legend, he's a national hero, an absolute fucking maniac. Um, yeah, he had was. several. Had several like violence cases brought against him in Denmark when he went out and just absolutely used to he used to go out and just fucking batter people. But you, John, take out two or three people in clubs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm like into John, it now. He's the, like, I'm into he's it. The Danish, the Danish John Bass. John, John's go-to uh, John Bass played for Go-to thing is that if he can, if he can have another man in a room that he's better than them. Like if you could go into yeah. if you could go into the boardroom with if somehow you you are. You you were promoted to a position where you go into the, the boardroom of Daniel Levy. He knows that you can have him, so he doesn't want you there. Do you know what? This actually, um, well, two things on this. One, I am the biggest coward on a football pitch you'll ever meet. Right on a on a football pitch, I'm, I like I've said many times before. I, I'm more Berbatov. That's my sort of style. Like I don't really want to get hurt. I don't I don't want anyone like getting too like close to me or trying to foul me or whatever. I'm very much like. You know, I'll wear gloves in the winter and like pull my socks up over my knees type of footballer. Off the pitch, sure, I'm up for a, I'm up for a ruck if someone's being a dickhead, fine. I don't mind getting in a scrap. Um, as for this conversation about 
Um, if you're the, if you're harder, then ultimately you win the argument. This actually started because of me and Mark at one of the socials after we we lost to Arsenal, <laughs> and we were having a debate about I can't even remember some bollocks we normally talk about about why the British Empire was better than the Viking Empire, and I just went, <laughs> and I went just like my ancestors, Mark. Fundamentally, if I'm not winning this argument, I'll just beat you up, and then I win anyway. <laughs> and that's where this whole thing came from. And we just cracked up because we- he was like, yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it was four of us sat around a table, and we were all. I think we were pretty fucked by then. It was well after yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. And I remember as well, like you were sat like across from me, and you looked me deep in the eye, and you went, "The, the day, the problems, I'll just batter you. <laughs> I'll disagree about some. I'll just." I was like, <laughs> I, I actually like that. And it's it, spooky, it, like moves half and make me in a modern me. era where you, you know it's not like it's actually shameful to be big and strong. You're like you're not. You're like almost like you're you're oh. you're an idiot if you're if you're if you're big and strong. You're an idiot. That's 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 what the modern culture is, isn't it, John? Like like yeah. you you have to go above and beyond to prove your intelligence because of your size. But the thing is, right? I mean that that that, that is true. But um, one thing I will say is this: this paints me out to be some sort of like fucking maniac, maniac going out like taking over people's houses and land like just knocking on their door and beating them up uh, that's that's really not me i'm you know i'm very much a chilled guy but the point still stands which is that there are loads of horrible hard geezers in the world who have actually quite a good standing just because they're a horrible hard geezer look put it this way if you go on the, the train on a friday right and you're going i don't know going up to manchester or whatever if some bloke who's earning a million pounds a year is sitting in his suit goes excuse me can you move your seat you'll just go nah mate like fuck off i'm sitting down if some meathead comes over and he's absolutely humongous and he goes excuse me can you move out your seat so i can sit down and you go no i'm not going to move he goes oh i'll just fucking smash your face in you will get up and move if he's bigger and stronger than you and you don't think you can win that isn't that is that that's science because there's nothing you could do biology, about that. biology biology it's biology, mate. It's biology. You're going to move. You're going to move because he's harder, not because he's won the argument. His argument is pointless. Science. His argument is stupid. His argument is, I want the seat. And you're like, well, I've sat in it first. I've paid my money to sit here. And he's gone, I don't care about any of that. Because I'll pay you. Important to me. Pay you. I will smash your face in if you don't get up. So you can decide what you value more, that seat or your face. And that's, that is the history of mankind in a nutshell. <laughs> It's a shame, but it's true. It's a shame, it's but true. it's true. It's true. Every every empire basically won because they either had better technology or better armies. That was it. They didn't necessarily have better ideas, did they? I don't know. Some. Some. Some better than others, sure. Pol Pot had some good ideas. <laughs> wow. it's, never, it's never been tried gonna make. I was going to make a point that, that John had just given in credence and... Uh, other word that I can't think of right now to my whole thing about the Vikings in that there was there was a lot less of us than there was of you back then. But just because we were harder than you, we we basically took over. There you go. And, there you go. And, there you go. And then, case in point, yeah. exhibit. Yeah. And then you like involved the French, and then some shit happened. And, yeah, you know, but this this down. feeds into my point, Mark, which is that you know the reason that Britain is the hardest nation on earth, and still to this day, is because all of the best empires conquered us. Right? <laughs> Think about it, like Vikings and all the shit coming over, shagging our birds, and then the Romans <laughs> coming over, and then shagging their like all this stuff. The best empires sort of conquered here, and then we just grew a generation of absolute nutter warmongers who went right fuck this let's go out in the world and let's get let's get payback pay baby yeah take and then, it all. you know they just they just went yeah took it all biggest empire to ever exist and, and, and it's a myth yeah that, it's, it's a, a myth. bit it's a bit like 
a bit like Arsenal this season, though, isn't it? Because you you bottled it all at the end anyway. Yeah, no, no, it's a myth. It's a myth. Sad little island. The most, the the, the biggest sad, sad little island that you live in. In like in in the last six months is when some geezer jumped on a billiard table and threw some yellow dust and everyone lost their shit. In France, they're building actual concrete walls on, on the on the M5 because it went like to fucking protest and everyone loses their rag here when. Yeah, they did also desert their city in the Second World War. They deserted their country without throwing a bullet. You can have a go at us, but I mean, I don't remember us fleeing London. That's all I'm going to say. I, I feel I, I feel comfortable with that because I've looked at the analytics and we've got almost next to no listeners from France. Um, but there you go. <laughs> Too scared to even listen to proper fighting men. <laughs> What I would say about the Viking Empire would be that they didn't conquer England. Uh, they got to Wessex, which is where I live, and they couldn't do it. They found a king there, Alfred, who was like, do you know what? I'm going to use my intelligence here, and I'm not, I'm not allow you to conquer England. And he didn't. And actually, what he actually did, and what, what happened to the Viking Empire in England, was we converted them to our religion, and they fought each other. It's on our lands because they didn't have the intellect to, to stay fast in their own religion Odin don't have shit <laughs> this is, Odin uh, is well uh, harder than I don't know where this is going Odin this is, is like horrible Od histories for geezers uh, uh, Odin like, none of it makes sense <laughs> I, I can't believe this. I can't believe this it's is what happened. Odin and what, what, Thor are way bigger than your. They're not real though, are they? Thor fucking, has a big fucking hammer. <laughs> mate, it's, you can't you can't have a religion based on Marvel characters, mate. Come on, yeah, think yeah, about yeah, it. Come on, yeah. You, you're you're yeah. watching the fucking Avengers going. Yeah, that that's us. That that's me. Yeah, that's us. Ooh, we're hard. No, I nearly no, named my mate. kid. I nearly named my kid Odin. Oh god, that's actually quite a cool name. It is a good name. This is this is what cool name, isn't it? This is what get get getting beat by Newcastle six one does to you. Start talking about old empires and fucking. We're gonna find a win. North Norse mythology. One final question before we end. This is from Reb. Reb, Reb is Reb. Fuck, fuck it. Let's lift the mood a bit. Would you rather suck off your dad or eat out your mum? She, I suck, suck my dad off. Didn't say it. Just say it. I don't want to eat out your mum. Well, that's fucking mental. It's mental that Rebby has even come up with this. Like she's been sitting there thinking, "All right, what can I say?" I, 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 I want to listen to John Bass talk about eating out his mum. You, you'd suck. Your, there, there's there, there there is a um, there's an etiquette to lovemaking that involves going down on a woman. Sucking off a bloke's dog. Uh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Freudian oh, slip if ever I've heard on. Oh, one said that, yeah. Sucking, like, sucking off a bloke's dog. He's got a dog as well. Excuse me, mate. Oh, you know uh, he's got a dog. We have, can we I have suck off dogs. your dog? <laughs> sucking off oh. a dog. <laughs> that's visceral. Sucking off a man's cock is is just that's that's what that's what happens sometimes. But going down on a lady is that's there's et etiquette to that. I think. Sucking off a dog. Where did that? Sucking off a man's dog. So not your own dog. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, not even your own dog. Just a black Labrador. And seeing seeing someone else's dog and going, fucking hell, I'm going to suck that dog's car. Can I have a go on his lipstick, please? Sir? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing um, As I've said many times when we've had the question about, would you go one inch into your mum or back up into your dad, right? Yeah. 
the the simple the simple thing so goes to hold, uh, hold on John John John. So this is in a situation on. where you're in between your mum and your dad in a bed, and you have yeah. one option: you go forward or back. So back towards your dad or forward into your mum. Yeah, and as I've said, then let's let's assume that you are heterosexual, right? And your parents are both heterosexual. In this, I'll use this example with the licking out one. If I suck off my dad, that means he is receiving a blowjob from a man and I'm giving head to a man and I'm a heterosexual male. So neither of us, on a, if you take out our relation, neither of us are going to really enjoy that aspect of it, right? It's a job. Now, sure, right? But if just stay with me on this one. If, if you lick out your mum, again, take out the fact that we're mother and son, she's getting licked out by a man. So at least on a sexuality level right that's one box ticked at least it's like sexually compatible so i i just personally feel like that's the lesser of two evils given that they're both horrific because i don't want to suck a cock and i've licked out loads of ugly women anyway so who cares (laughs) (laughs) it's just another one to add to the list just another one a vagina (laughs) oh god but like I, I did it in a club in Spain once. What? Go on, Mark. Mark I'm behind back the, to end the podcast then. So, Mark, go ahead. Behind the sofa. Be- oh, what? Sorry. It's behind the sofa. It was like a lad's holiday. She was probably four foot two. Uh, wow. <laughs> I think she might have been English, actually. So yeah, you've already home. licked my mum out then. That's, that's <laughs> it was, hey, she didn't have big soapy tits, though. Damn. Ish. Okay, um, I, we, yeah. I, I think we might end it there, boys. Um, but yeah, this is a little bit sick. <sighs> this is what um, Tottenham. We just want to talk about Spurs. Which that's all we want to do. Yeah. And Reb, don't send any more questions in, please. I actually challenged Reb to a fight uh, on Saturday because she uh, she said that Taylor Swift could write in rainbows, which is a Radiohead album, but uh, Tom York could never sing a, a Taylor Swift album, and that is because. Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm not going to dignify it with a. Fuck it. Right, that's this has been a fighting cop. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you very much, John. Um, it will get better. It's going to get better, I'm sure. And if it doesn't, then carry on watching anyway, don't we? Because this is this is football. It's a never-ending existential crisis that we're all part of and volunteer to be a part of. Up the Spurs. Network.